the Jeep Talk Show. Now, two episodes a week. What? Two episodes? Okay. Yes, that's right. Two. Are you excited? I'm always excited when it comes out on Friday. It's actually a go-to podcast that I can actually listen to while I'm getting over to work or on my way home. New episodes every Friday and early Monday morning and time for your commute. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in. Hey, thank you to everyone that is sharing the Jeep Talk Show post on social media. We've noticed it. Keep going. If you haven't shared a post, please do so as soon as possible. Share our post on Jeep groups you belong to as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now on TikTok. Oh, what's the worst that could happen? Jeep could roll who's over. That, who's that guy that would always bring in the, uh, you know, to catch a predator? You know, where they Chris something or another, and he kind of edges in. I expect to see some Chris of the- Hansen? Hansen. Chris Hansen. I expect to see his his uh, still image come, uh, you know, come in sideways on some of those TikTok videos while you're watching them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got to scroll. <laughs> hey, the, G- the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle, ready to hit the trails, or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find more information about the uh, show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, glad you are here, Jeeper. On this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, we're going to find out which Jeep just got a whole lot more expensive and why. Also tell you about a certain West Coast state that pretty much just made engine performance illegal and uh, is going to piss off a lot of Jeepers. And later, I continued the multi-part series on personal preparedness. Well, howdy, it's Wendy. And make sure you check out Newbie Nuggets on our Friday episodes. I talk about all kinds of topics for the newest Jeepers. Hi, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. Stay tuned to Jeep Life as I share about a mysterious monolith high up in the Rocky Mountains. Hi, I'm Tony, and on this episode, we interview Mike Burkhart. He is a Jeep Wrangler 4XE owner and just happens to have the Travis Burkhart Foundation. Great story there. You don't want to miss it. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. So maybe it's a lesson in supply and demand. I don't know. But I've been talking a lot of smack about the first hybrid Jeep Wrangler ever, the 4XE or 4BYE, I think, as Jeep would have us say it. I, I don't like the name. I, I'm no. not going to pull any punches there. I tend to steer away from the first generation of anything as well, and I'm still not sold on some of this thing's features. We all we've heard about the real world, and we've all heard about the real world results of the EV range being factors less than what is claimed and well in the spirit of full disclosure my opinions are based solely on my personal preferences and currently available data this is of course biased since i haven't been behind the wheel of one of these things yet so i don't have any real world personal experience with one of these jeeps but that is all about to change listener of the show and local jeeper to me rj is going to be setting me up with a little test drive here in the coming weeks and he's all but guaranteeing that my mind will be blown we mm-hmm. shall see. The point of all this is that if you are one of the 12,000 some odd owners of a 4XE, consider yourself lucky. Jeep just this week has announced that they have increased the electrified Wrangler's price by over $3,000. 
Jeep also made the claim that it is now the best-selling plug-in hybrid in the United States. Although exact numbers have not been released yet, most of the online estimates show that the Jeep Wrangler 4XE dramatically outsold the Prius. I mean, if you had well, to pick between a Prius and a Wrangler, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I think the choice Gee. for most of us would be pretty obvious. I don't know. Twist now, my arm. Hold on a moment. Yeah, right. Now, that being said, with this price increase, it now makes the 4XE a $11,705 premium over a B6 Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon. They had to get you that, that last five bucks. <laughs> now, once again, at least on paper, I think the choice is clear here. If given the option, I'll spend the $12,000 less and go with the V6. But who knows? Maybe my mind will be changed by this upcoming test drive with RJ. For now, though, Jeep is the only major automaker with a PHEV off-road vehicle. And we got to give them props for being the first ones out of the gate with an off-road hybrid. And, well... To be honest, some bonus points, too, for outselling the damn Prius with your first at-bat. Really, though, <laughs> both GM and Ford have hybrid plans that will be followed by full EVs, just like Jeep. And we've already seen just how desperate the other automakers are to compete against Jeep in the off-road market. It will be an interesting battle for off-road EV supremacy. I'll just be sticking to filling mine up with Supreme for now, though. It's going to be interesting when, RJ, you guys get out there and test this new jeep i'm curious yeah Very he's got curious. a couple things planned uh i'm not sure exactly what he's keeping uh, a little bit of it close to the vest so uh, a lot of this is, is going to depend on our two schedules uh my yeah. my schedule i have no idea what i'm going to be doing day to day let alone when i'm going to be getting off work or which part of town i'm going to be in uh I'm, I'm doing a lot of running around now so uh, there's a good chance that, uh, that it's going to take a couple weeks for he and i to hook up but uh he and i are both sort of under the understanding, hey, this is going to happen. We just got to kind of coordinate things. Uh, but if and when it does, not if, it will be happening. But when it does, you guys will be the first to know how it went. So I think I know why they uh, increased the price by $11,705. Well, because now you can put those, you know, Prius stamps on the side of it. You know, you, I knocked <laughs> off one, off two. I, you, you, there you go. You are almost, uh, almost correct. It, the federal government gives you 7000 $500 in tax credit when you get the 4XE. Really? Yeah. Well, I, well, that's tax credit. That's the government giving you money. That's got nothing to do with Jeep. And so I, yes, I suppose... exactly. Well, when you, you know, do your taxes, if you need the tax write-off and if you can uh, reduce your tax burden by $7,500, you can buy a Wrangler or you can buy this. And I think Jeep is cashing in on the people that are, you know, you look at this and, well, it's not $11,000. It's, you know, like two and a half or $3,000 more uh, to, to get it. So you're still going to finance it the whole time. So right. still paying it out, yeah. even though your taxes are going to be reduced. No, no, I agree. But that's not, yeah. people don't always think that things, those things through. Uh, our, our interviewee uh, is going to tell you that the reason why he bought the 4XE was the $7,500 tax credit. Uh, farmer, they were selling a lot of their farming equipment because he's retired mm. and he needed the, the $7,500 tax credit. They already have a, a JK. So, Interesting. yep. So we'll hear more about that in the interview coming up. Well, California smog testing will now sniff out and fail any tuned ECU. And that means on your Jeeps too. California Jeep enthusiasts have yet another item to add to an ever-expanding list of do's and don'ts, mostly don'ts, regarding their state-dictated visits to certified smog facilities. 
Up until recently, if your Jeep was armed with a performance chip or had modified programming software on its ECU, its engine control unit, and as, as long as you didn't have any check engine lights on and you passed a smog test, well, nobody would raise an eyebrow. However, as of July 19th, 2021, if your Jeep's ECU program is not verified as legal by a California Air Resources Board or CARB executive order, then your Jeep will not pass smog regardless of its emissions output. It might seem like common sense Jeez. given the Golden State's reputation for strict smog guidelines and astronomical fees that only seem to increase each and every year. But again, previously countless Jeeps roamed California's roads with performance-minded tunes applied to their ECUs. So as long as the engine ran clean enough to meet state emissions guidelines, well, the smog tech would have no issue passing you. But as of the 19th of July, though, if detected an ECU modified in any way from the original factory settings without a CARB executive order certification will result in you not getting a critical piece of the vehicle registration puzzle. Now, some of you may have a programmer out there that will allow you to revert back to the factory tune with just a few menu selections. Yep. Those who are running installed chips, however, or completely custom-tuned maps, well, then you may be looking at other options which may not be cheap or even feasible. I, for one, would consider moving the F out of that godforsaken yep. state. Yep. When, exactly. you, when you say Californians, I was going to say, oh, you mean soon-to-be Texans. <laughs> yes, or Oregonians. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this California guideline update comes on the heels of a significant effort put forth by the nutty EPA goons in recent years to crack down on performance companies and shops allegedly violating the Clean Air Act by selling devices that defeat factory emissions controls. Because, you know, they don't have anything else better to do. Years ago, mm -hmm. brands, were so sh brands were sure to include for off-road use only labels on any engine performance related components being sold. But that's simply not going to cut it any longer for the EcoNut know-it-alls. Regardless of intended use, the EPA would like to see all engine performance-related devices pulled from shelves nationwide and stiff penalties applied to both sellers and producers in addition. The group also uh, aims to ban factory vehicles from being converted into trail-only rigs. Let that sink in for a minute. You want one of those, you're going to have to build one from scratch, apparently. I guess we're probably only a few years away from, at this point, outdoor motorsports of any kind being labeled as harmful to the environment and will be shut down. You're going to get unless hurt. You need to stop that. Unless it's electric, of course. I, you can't pay it's, taxes if the, you're dead. That's the direction a, this is going. Yeah, this state is so ridiculous. And you would think with all this stupid EPA garbage they got going on that we'd have the cleanest air you've ever seen. No, it's horrible. It's the worst. So. So they are full actively of it. pursuing legislation to ban factory vehicles from being converted into trail-only rigs. So, yeah, like, my Jeep Cherokee out there, although it's 20-some-odd years old, right now, mm -hmm. although it is a trail-only vehicle, would be illegal, essentially. Illegal! Yes. To own, to have, to operate. Uh, this is insanity. Mm -hmm. And it's got to end right now. I so, mean, it has to end. So the movie American Graffiti, one of George Lucas's big movies before Star Wars, mm -hmm. was, right. was based in a fake town in California where they had all kinds of hot rod mod modified vehicles. Hot mm -hmm. rodding and modifying vehicles is a American tradition that has been going on since the 40s. And this is 
the most un-American thing that I can think of is to stop people from making something their own. You can only do what the government allows you to do. This is, I, I can't believe that people are putting up with this stuff. Uh, well, and especially, I mean, how not many just Jeeps, but, but the, 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 the cars, the, the car modifications. And, and Wendy, yeah. I think you saw the post that Paul from uh, Nexon made where he got pulled over. And yes. had his had they plugged into his ECU, but it was yeah. only it was just a, yeah, they were just doing a survey, is yeah, is cool. what he was told, and it, it's a prelude to this. Oh my god! Yep, it's horrible. It's and you should see a what they're doing to close down trails. They're they're trying to. They did something with the stickers for the motorcycles and the quads now too. That you have to have a certain kind of a sticker, so they're outlawing older ones. It's it's absolutely a nightmare. Unreal. It really is. <clears throat> Unreal. Don't get me started. Well, you, yeah, don't get me started. Your show will be three hours late. Hello, Larry I know, Elder. Right. We're gonna, <laughs> God, man. So, uh, yeah, this is this is absolute insanity. It has to end. Uh, if anybody uh, is is on the inside of this, uh, has more information, please. I, I would love to know about it. Uh, this, I don't know. It just it seems like California needs to just break off from the rest of the U.S. and float into the ocean and die. I, I, I don't know. I when agree. I'm king, yep. it's going to be the largest park in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Wendy. Uh, you are smack no, dab in the middle of this. Yep, I uh, am. And it's, it's funny. And Everybody I know from California is not liberal. And, and, I know and that. It, and it breaks... I'm so surprised by that because of what you see, and I think uh, what I'm what I'm getting is it has there's pockets of liberalism in California that's doing this, and yes, uh, but, and there's also probably some things happening at the voting level and the without getting into politics right now, it's probably been changing things all the years. So even if we are truly voting the way that you're saying, we're wow, not being heard. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's my suspects based on who's in charge. Oh, it's it's sad. Uh, unfortunately, it, it's it doesn't seem to be slowing down. Uh, if anything, mm-hmm. uh, this seems to be speeding up. They're getting more power. Uh, they're getting more voice. They're getting more money. Um, I, I don't know where this is going to end uh, or how it's going to end, if it ever will. Uh, but this is scary times. Uh, certainly yes, what is. is on the horizon uh, for, for anybody in, in motorsports at all. But one point I wanted to make is is that this is all coming out of California. Mm-hmm. Where are all, I mean, you can go down the list of 300 off-road uh, equipment manufacturers, and I guarantee you 200 of them are going to be based in California. Exactly. Absolutely, yeah. Where I want to know how many of these companies are now considering getting the F out and pulling up, pulling up roots, pulling up shop, and moving to another state. Because California is essentially putting a gun to their head. I, well, I mean, the, people are moving at record numbers uh, from that state, and they and they continue to make the same decisions. Yes, they need to move and not vote the same way. They got to assimilate into whatever state they're going to. I hate the fact that I hear that from states. Yeah. Don't don't California Texas or don't California Idaho or whatever. Tennessee is a big one uh, that people are moving to. Yeah. But you know, we we I think we talked about it on one of the other episodes. They also did some stupid thing in 2008 and voted to basically ban bacon at this point. So starting in 2022, <laughs> somebody's going to die. <laughs> any pork products and bacon's going to go through the roof for price because California decided to regulate other states and how they um, house or you know farm the animals. 
They need oh, more space. You, they need Callie. this, this. Come on. Yes, I'm serious. So, oh, you know. Hey, now you're messing with my bacon. That That's I'm crossing sorry. the line. I'm sorry. It's coming to Oregon, Josh. You know whatever happens in California moves you, up you to keep your saying, state. You keep saying Oregon, uh, Josh, and Oregon is only marginally better than uh, California. It's not even. Mind. I know. It's it's turning. Yeah. It is. It really is. And I, every, every few years, I'm like, I shake my head and it's like, I've got to move to another zip code. And I apologize to our listeners that if you're a Democrat or if you're liberal and you believe that way, we can be friends. I guarantee you, I'm not going to, oh, I'm sure. not going to shun you because you yeah. think differently than me, but yeah. come on, bacon, you can't do, <laughs> you can't modify your Jeep. I mean, those you things have a trail only rig. Those, yes, those things we should be able to have bipartisan support on. I think so. Yes, I agree. Uh, uh, please don't take it too negative whenever I uh, I bash that that side of the aisle. But it's just uh, those things are not uh, not what. How would you say in California? They're no bueno. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. It's not nope. common sense. It's I, I don't know what is driving it. It's certainly not Looney science. Tunes. It's certainly not Looney fact. Tunes. It, it is. Yeah. You, you said it. Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Yeah. Well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, and especially this one, if you uh, want to chime in on this story, please let us know uh, what you have to say about this. And uh, you can do it by phone or by email even. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find out how to reach out to us by any number of ways. We sure want to hear from you. Remember the movie Demolition Man where uh, uh, oh, yeah. Stallone was having rat burgers uh, down in the sewers? Mm-hmm. They're talking about insect burgers here in the next 10 years. I'm just thinking about bacon. You know, like, hey, you got to go to the sewers if you want some bacon. <sighs> bacon. That was good while it lasted. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, preparing your Jeep is one thing, but are you prepared for the wilderness? You are. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. So you rat bastards, you need to go over to jeeptalkshow.com and uh, subscribe to the, become a paid subscriber, not just subscribe to the show so you get the latest episode, but become a paid subscriber to help support things. In fact, it's going to be directly responsible, our our past paid subscribers are going to be directly responsible for getting Josh down to the Jeep Talk Show uh, Texas event here on September 18th. You guys are paying for his ticket to fly down. Now, Good we need job. To get, yeah, we need to get a few more paid subscribers so he can fly back home. So we need you. <laughs> He's not staying in Texas. Oh, well, wait, Josh didn't know it was a one-way ticket. Well, there, like, huh? right? It's gonna be a it's gonna be a th- real spendy Uber there, Josh. I think I think that I think people are gonna step up. So don't worry, Josh. We're, we'll <laughs> right, we'll get you right. back home. We should have it back. Yeah. So what is it? September eighteenth is the is the big event. So yeah, we, we're hoping we got to get, time. We're hoping to get you back by October at the very least, Josh. <laughs> so I, I was I was planning on just going full force Gump. I was just gonna run back. So. <laughs> So just go over to jeeptalkshow.com and become a paid subscriber. And on while you're there, click on the uh, the store button at the very top and buy some of our uh, Rat Bastard toe tags so you can go out there and infect Jeep. Yes, you too can be a Jeep Talk Show infectious agent. 
from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. Last Monday, Josh, you talked about the best app for Jeepers. And I believe you said it was some uh, navigational app. I hate to keep disagreeing with you, Josh, but <laughs> that is not the best no, app for Jeepers. The best app for Jeepers is TGIF's Tater Skins. <laughs> you cannot beat it, especially with a little bit of sour cream. Those things are to die for. <laughs> and I would love to stay and talk about this more, Josh, but I got to go. Wendy wants to go out shopping for burial plots. Yeah, like that's the last thing I need. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. You know, you know that we, used to be a, a chain of restaurants uh, nationwide, I think, and uh, they they pulled up shop uh, here in, in Oregon. There used to be a TGIF, not all that yeah. all that far yep. from me. They had this Jack Daniel's sauce. Oh, it's was, the best! Oh man, it was it good. It was uh, it was good. more of a bar type thing with uh, finger food, wasn't it? It wasn't necessarily really? a restaurant. No, there, no, there yeah, was food. Like, was it? Yeah, it was it was like a I mean, they had a big sports bar. I mean, it was like yeah. a, an Applebee's or a Red Robin or yeah, you know, anything exactly. like that. You know, it's it was a national food chain. You know, so it was a restaurant with all the kitschy stuff and they and all the people wore the uh the the, the red and white shirts with the suspenders and, right. and all that sort all of stuff. Oh, their flair. It had to do with the Yes, uh, I was gonna office say the, space, the yeah. movie office space. <laughs> sort of made fun of TGIF um in in that movie a little bit so a uh, timely reference there yes i know so well, uh, everybody knows office space i mean i think that's that's going to be a generational thing that goes on for on, on and my on. most quoted movies ever but yeah, i digress uh I, I mentioned really quick while we were uh, off-road this past saturday uh i was talking about the on x off-road application that i was using and deadpool mm-hmm. and yes deadpool is his name uh he, he mentioned the gaia uh, app the, the Gaia Off Road app, and he said uh, it's free and it does something uh, very similar to the OnX uh, that you can put on your phone. He said you can actually see it on the UConnect, and I, I didn't get information on that, but, uh-huh. but perhaps you you hook up the cable or something, and then you can use it on the the UConnect, the center uh, screen on your com- uh, on your system. I'll have to look oh, into that and report on it yeah. in, the, in the future. But it's Gaia, and it's uh, G A I A, uh, and uh, Off Road app. So you might, you guys might want to look at that. And if you uh, don't know who the heck he's talking about when we say Deadpool, no, it's not Ryan Reynolds. But if you want to find <laughs> as out, as far as they know, it about, is. <laughs> but if you want to find out all about uh, who this person is? Go check out episode four eighty one. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, last week, we started a multi-part series in personal preparedness. The purpose of this is to make sure that you yourself are prepared for wilderness or expedition wheeling. Now, I originally wanted to avoid the laundry list of items to bring or pack, and, and, and which are all you know biased opinion on the th- things to avoid. But in the end, there is going to be a list that is created. Every corner of the U.S. is different, though, in, in both the topological sense as well as the meteorological sense. So... The things that one should have on hand in the high plains areas or a desert-like region may be completely different set of considerations as one might take for, say, being out in the Olympic Peninsula or the Deep South. So we're going to focus on the basics, the things that will be the same no matter what. And no matter what, if you're in the middle of an expedition or the remote wilderness and your Jeep breaks down beyond your ability to repair it there on the spot, you need to be prepared for what could be a very long walk. 
Now, obviously, if you take our advice and never wheel alone, then this is a moot point and you're not going to have to really worry about any of this. But if you do find yourself days away from civilization, you're going to be glad you listened. Clearly, when we are talking about preparedness and hiking out of the wilderness to get help, we are talking about carrying some supplies with us. And we're going to need a vessel in which to do that with. And here's where I would ignore the urge to use the backpack you carried with you all those years ago in high school. Scholastic backpacks may be good for books and juice boxes, but they're all, they are bulky and are overweight for what we want. The one-size-fits-all kids approach to their design isn't going to do us any favors either. Besides, there are more weatherproof options out there that are better suited and better equipped for this kind of purpose. You want to look for something like a day pack, something designed for long hikes, but ultra lightweight. You're going to want something less than two pounds for sure. About a pound and a half is going to be a pretty good mark to shoot for. And that is, you also want something that's going to be highly breathable and very comfortable to wear. Adjustability is going to be the key. If it doesn't adjust, move on to the next thing. This isn't going to uh, hold a lot of heavy gear either, or even a three-ring binder for that matter. So frames and additional support are really not going to be needed nor is a pack that is very large. There has been some decent design and development in the hydration pack world, so something that is also uh, has a bladder equipped with it uh, would also be an added bonus, but we'll expand more on that later. Next up, we need to think about the main means of getting back to civilization, and it's not going to be your Jeep. It's going to be your own two feet. So make sure you always have a good set of broken hiking shoes or boots in the Jeep with you whenever you're out wheeling. Wheeling and flip-flops is only a good idea for so long, and a survival situation is the last place you want to be breaking in a new pair of boots. Hiking out of an expedition trip is going to involve miles upon miles of walking on uneven surfaces. Chances are, your feet are not going to be prepared for that kind of abuse. So, having a blister kit on hand is going to be one of the essentials in your pack. Blister medic or a general foot care kit that can address blisters well should be something that you don't skip on. To get you going in the right direction, you're going to want to look for a kit that contains these elements at the very least. More is better, but it should at the very least have some medical tape, as well as some mole skin, that's an important one, antibiotic ointment, and tincture of benzoin. Now, I'm sure there's a couple things in there that some of you may not be familiar with. If you've ever applied a bandage to a blister on the back of your heel, well, you probably noticed that it came off shortly after you put on shoes. <laughs> mole skin tends to stay in place much better than traditional bandages. It's also thicker, which adds more support and cushioning. And tincture of benzoin solution is a topical adhesive agent used to provide tackiness and enhance the adhesive property of tape or bandages. Here's a quick tip, though. Make sure you don't put moleskin directly over a blister. The strong adhesive on the back can easily rip off the top of your blister when you remove it. A blister's roof protects it from developing an infection. And the last thing you want is a couple dozen miles ahead of you and a giant raw spot on your foot. The bottom line is you will want to get the best, most complete kit you can, even if that means you have to make it yourself out of a couple different kinds, and you won't regret it when it comes time to use it. Hey, speaking of time, time, hydration, caloric intake, and communications are about the only other things standing in your way of getting help. In the next Tech Talk, we're going to finish off our 4x4 survival bag and even get to some other considerations too, so stay tuned. Moleskin. I like the way they come up with these names. They make them very... Uh uh rememberable i remember my uh, my dad would uh, when i would skin myself up when i was really little uh he would say let's put some monkey blood on it uh iodine i think is what it was and uh, oh, oh i was gonna say monkey blood yeah, the, i know i like and, this uh, is a new one it was like i mean that, that certainly wasn't the name of it but that's what he always called it 
and it mm-hmm. was very red. And uh, boy, if you got it on anything, it would just go everywhere, and the red would be everywhere. So you know what? That might be reason why I like red. Um, this is interesting, Josh. I, I like that you kind of focused on that walking out because I don't think people realize what blisters can do. And they will, will they're, stop they're, you in your tracks. Well, I mean, it, stop you in your tracks, exactly. And having the moleskin, I think, is a really good idea because it gives you that extra um, thickness so that you can yes. continue to walk even if you've really made yourself raw. Let's say you didn't stop in time or something, you know? I right. love and this if idea. You, if you feel something coming on, you're maybe you're not quite mm-hmm. there yet, you know, oh, that's going to be a blister if I keep going on this for another, you know, mile, another 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, another 50, whatever it is. Moleskin actually works on the inside of your shoe as well. And so you can actually build up places in the shoe that are, are otherwise too loose and rubbing around. Uh, and you can sort of custom mold your shoe using the moleskin, if you've got enough of it, uh, to sort, and tight, uh, sort of tighten uh, certain areas up uh, to keep them from moving around on your foot. You know, uh, back in the day in the corporate world when you had to wear high heels, this is 100 years ago, by the way. Um, we used to use moleskin inside our shoes on the heels, the back, because they there just would rub and cut. And so it's something I don't yeah. always use, but what a neat idea to put this kit together and have this uh, blister medic and just have it on board if you're walking out. That's such a great idea. When we wrap this uh, this whole segment up uh, with this, uh, you know, you survival bag, if you will, uh, not the Jeep bag and, and not a bug out bag or anything like that, but this is a, a you getting out of a situation, out of the wilderness type of, uh, of go bag. Uh, you're going to be pretty impressed with with what you've created. Uh, mm-hmm. A very, very utilitarian, very useful kit um, that you're going to be grabbing each and every time that you get in the Jeep, uh, especially if you're going to be out, you know, going on a trip or something like that. So stay tuned, folks. We've got some really good tech talk coming up in future episodes. And of course, if you have anything to add, maybe you have a question or a topic that you would like uh, covered here on Tech Talk, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Who knows? We may be talking about your topic here in the very near future. Hey, this is Al from New Jersey. Hey, this is Mark. Hey, this is Joe. Hey, this is Austin Lott. Hey, guys, this is Rick. Yeah, this is TJ Day. Chris from Detroit. Brad Yang. Dave from Oregon. This is Jim from Washington. In fact, this is Evan. Tyler from Pittsburgh. Hey, this is Scott. This is Robbie Collier from West Virginia. Hi, this is Bart of Town, Maryland. Hey, guys, this is Evan. The phrase that pays. High lift jack. The original power tool. Love them. I see them everywhere, and I got high lift envy. I love the Jeep Talk Show. Hopefully, I'm the winner. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty ho, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight we're going to be talking with Mike. Now, the Jeep Talk Show just recently got on TikTok. Yeah, I know. Everybody's on TikTok, been there for years, especially if you're 12 years old. So, <laughs> but there's uh, there's older folks getting on there as well. And I decided the, the Jeep Talk Show needed to be on there. And boy, I've been having lots of fun. And do you know that I ran across somebody on the first day that I was uh, scanning through TikTok that has one of them new fancy Wrangler 4XE hybrid electric vehicles. And his name is Mike, and Mike is here with us tonight. Now, something I found out about Mike when we were scheduling this interview is uh, Mike and his family kind of have this foundation. Uh, Mike, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Um, I'm a retired farmer from southwest Indiana, and our son was involved in a car accident in 2008. Uh, Spent a lot of time in the hospital doing therapy, about two and a half years worth. And um, after that, 
we had so much help from the community and other people that we decided to open up a foundation. Uh, we have a 13-person board. And what we do is we pick up and start where insurance stops. And what that means is we uh, we may pay for your your out of expenses, uh, out of pocket expenses from maybe gas to get to the hospital or maybe to an appointment. Maybe we pay for a hotel room. We've paid for iPads for autistic kids. Uh, so we do a whole realm of different things. And now uh, within the last six months through the whole TikTok craziness, we have opened up what's called uh, Travis Burkhart Foundation Midwest and has grown and expanded to a point to where uh, now we're helping families throughout the whole Midwest as where before we was basically from Fort Wayne to Clarksville, Tennessee. So we have expanded and it's just kind of exploded into uh, such a great thing for us to be able to help other families and try to walk them through such a troubled time. This has got to make you just feel great to be able to do things like this for people. Uh, you must get a lot of uh, feedback from these individuals. How do you find them? Do they actually come to the foundation or do you uh, find them through social media? How, how does that actually, how do you get on the, uh, how do you, how do they get on your radar? I guess is what I should say. We've tried a lot of different advertising routes, but um, our foundation has a website, travisburkhartfoundation.com. And you can go on there and you can listen to our son's story. And then there's also some testimonies from the people that we've helped. So it's, it's just been a thing that it's been growing by word of mouth and some advertising. Uh, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's TikTok, but TikTok is the one place where it has exploded. So what people are able to do is go onto our website and they can fill out a, just a short five minute form. And it's over on the left-hand side, I believe it says uh, assistance, and you hit that tab, uh, and it may also say, how can we help? And it'll pop up a resume or a uh, application would be the right word, of, and you just fill out those answers, and we throw it before our board, and within 48 to 72 hours, we can have some help headed your way. Wow, that is just amazing. So, uh, guys, that's Travis Burke heartfoundation.com and of course you don't need to write that down you just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look in the show notes for this episode and uh, we'll have it right there in the show notes you'll just be able to click it and go right over there i'm sure everybody knows somebody uh, around uh, that uh, could use this type of help um so mike i hate even asking this question uh because i don't want it to be bad news but is your son okay now yeah our son uh we could be in a lot worse shape um his, his big three things, he's got a traumatic brain injury, but uh, his big three things is balance, coordination, and speech. Those three things are the three things that we have struggled with, but I can honestly tell you that that young man is as strong as they get because we go to weightlifting competitions, and they are not Special Olympics competitions. They are up against anybody that goes to a gym, and he'll bench press 319, and he's won three of those events that he's been in. Well, great. I'm glad that uh, there's uh, some good news about that. I was hoping you didn't lose him, but boy, I sure do hate hearing about that. A lot of our, lot of our soldiers have to go through that same type of thing, and I just hate it. So uh, I, I'm glad that you're you're turning something that was uh, so negative into a positive for uh, not only your son, but all the other folks that you're helping. Yeah, we could have been, um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, God has a plan. But we don't know what it is. I thought I understood. I thought I knew that, you know, after six months, we'll get him back in college. He was going to school to be a uh, teacher with a coach uh, in football, basketball, and baseball. He was a three-sport athlete in high school. So 
uh, that was kind of his passion. But prior to his accident, he was he was a late weightlifter that went to the gym at least five days a week. And what we didn't realize that he was as strong as he had ever been. And it ended up that uh, God was preparing him for the biggest battle he'd ever been in in his life. Oh, gee, I just hate hearing about this. Anybody with children, you you want your children to have a, a wonderful life, a better life than uh, what you've had. And uh, uh, this is, uh, I think this is one of the fears that every parent has. But uh, like you say, uh, God had a different plan, and uh, you have to accept that and move forward. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all you can do because, um, like I say, you just don't have no control over some of this stuff, and it gets thrown on you, and you just, you just run with it and do the best you can because there's no sense of, uh, worrying about the bad side because guess what after you do a 360 degree well you're right back where you started from that's right that's exactly right so let's uh switch over to the the wrangler 4xe now uh when did you uh first off is this your first jeep or have you had jeeps before no we had a uh, 2003 jeep liberty that's how we started out in the kind of the jeep thing uh, of course we was raising kids at the time and then we we've had four jeep wrangler since um and my wife fell in love with the razzleberry color or snazzleberry <laughs> yeah it's not and, yeah, i always refer yeah, to it so, as snozberry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and so i mean we we've got a 2011 matter of fact we kept it we didn't even trade it in we kept it um because she just loved that thing so much and but she didn't want another one until that color came back in again and jeep brought it back in then in this last go round so, uh, what was your uh, on the show? I, I, I opine that the uh, the technology for electric vehicles is not here yet. It's the power density thing that we, they just don't have the enough uh, uh, electricity, if you will, storage to go you know three four hundred miles. So, uh, was that a concern for you whenever you bought this four XE? Why did you get a, a hybrid hybrid electric? Is where I'm going with this. Well, a couple reasons was. Um I thought if I'm going to take the plunge into the hybrid side, uh, Jeep vehicles have always held their value better than any vehicle oh, I ever had. I don't yeah, care what other idea. vehicle I had, but a Jeep would hold its value so very, very well. And then Jeep has always done a really good job of engineering. And I thought, okay, so if we're going to take the plunge, uh, let's do that. And then uh, the the big reason was there was a $7,500 tax credit. And uh, like I said, we just retired and we had a farm equipment sale. And so I thought, well, what better place to get a deduction uh, of $7,500 because uh, Uncle Sam takes a big bite out of everything that we've uh, tried to accomplish here in the, in the last six months. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, is that uh, was that state or federal? Uh, is that that's the thirty five hundred? Is that a federal uh, like off your uh, 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 your uh, federal taxes, or does you get some of that from the state as well? No, it's it's all federal, and it's seventy five hundred seven thousand five hundred dollars. Oh, I don't know what I said. That's that's what I heard you say. Yeah, um, okay, you said thirty five hundred. So I just oh, want to wow. clarify that. Yeah, no, and, and the kicker to that is this: is if you've got at the end of the year, when you file taxes and you've only got a thousand dollars worth of taxes, then you only get a thousand dollars worth of that that rebate. Oh, that's a that good tax thing. credit. Yeah, that's a good thing to think about. Did you go with yeah. any solar at the same time so you could maximize that uh, tax credit? <laughs> say that. Say that one more time. To go with any solar, I think they do solar uh, rebates as well. I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to take this one step at a time, and I'm trying to learn 
enough before I take the plunge. But obviously, there was there were some things here that uh, became an interesting detail. So, uh, the have you noticed what are what are the positive things that you've noticed about the the four XD? And this is great that you've had other Wranglers in the past, so you could make a, a direct comparison to the the all uh, internal combustion engines compared to the the hybrid. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny because my local dealership has called because it, it had got back to him that, that I wasn't as pleased with it. And, and my local dealership offered me to bring it back to him. And, and I told him, I said, no, I don't do business that way. I said, we, we shook hands on it. We signed a contract. We've done a deal. And, and they said, well, can you tell us what the positives are at this point uh, that you've learned from it? And I said, well, okay. I said, whenever I pop the hood, I said, the number one positive is that it has a uh, 2.0 turbocharged four-cylinder motor in there. And, they, and I said, and number two is there's a $7,500 tax credit. And they said, well, what's number three? And I said, well, number three is that whenever I pop the hood, there's still a 2.0 turbocharged four-cylinder <laughs> gas motor in there. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, you already said that once. And I said, that's how important that gas motor is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was. it's interesting because just this past weekend, uh, I went uh, to an off-road park uh, with a gentleman that has the 2.0 uh, turbo diesel. He's got his lifted with 37-inch tires, so on and so forth. And uh, you, he does just fine out there. So apparently that 2.0 is uh, with the turbo is a, a very nice vehicle, whether you want to go off-road or on-road uh, with it. So I, I think I understand what you're talking about. Now, the electric side of it, how often do you get to use? I know you've only had this since June. So how often do you get to use the electric part of it? Well, here's the other thing people need to understand, that if I lived in a big city, it might be okay. But 22 miles, I can't go get a loaf of bread on 22 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so that becomes a problem for us. Um, and, and, you know, I will say that that 2.0, I, I rode a lot of roller coasters in my time. And when you stomp on that 2.0 turbocharged motor, it will give you a head rush. Um and, and you know we had the uh, the motor that we had before. What was it? Three point three point nine? Is that right? Three point uh, three point six or three point eight? Probably a three point six. Yeah, three point six. And the lag time on it compared to this one is astronomical. I mean, it will just flat out scoot. But you know the problem is like you know what I've said in my TikToks is twenty two miles just doesn't get us very far uh, because it takes us fourteen miles just to get to town. Right. from where we're at and in our four county area there's only one charging station here in rural southwest indiana so if we go out to eat we know where that one charging station is so we go there and we plug that dude in and walk across the street and go out to eat now i think you had i think i saw on your tiktok that you had some issues or maybe not issues but you found some workarounds to do a a cheaper uh, uh, charging cable or something for your for your 4XE than what was available through Jeep. Am I, am I remembering correctly? Yeah, because what that comes with, it comes with a 110 charging cord. And uh, it takes, now they'll tell you 8 to 10 hours on charging, but it has averaged me about 14 hours to plug it into 110. So uh, I could go through Chrysler or Mopar, whichever, however you want to recommend or who they are, but to go through them and get a 220 cord was $700. Uh, I went on Amazon and found and tried to go by the star ratings on there and find out, okay, which one seems to have the best rating 
and and the one that I found was five hundred and sixty-two dollars for it. But then my garage was not wired up for two twenty. So then I got to spend about another thousand dollars to wire my garage up for two twenty. Right. But I would think that would significantly cut down your amount of uh, charging time. Yeah, two two hours and twenty minutes. Oh wow, that's a huge difference. That big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. And and what I said in the very beginning, what didn't make sense to me, so if you break it, you'll see the charging needle start to charge. But was what I thought that I felt the Jeep fell short of, and I know it's more expensive, but what I felt they fell short on was that they should have a generator on each wheel as you're going down the road. If that's if they're really wanting to make this a successful program, then make it to where it charges one-to-one and charging as you're rolling down the highway. Because, um, like I say, we travel a lot. I mean, I bought a new vehicle last November, and I've got 26,000 miles on it already. So... Um, you know, and so we're moving around quite a bit and I thought that would be the logical thing that if they're wanting to make this thing to where we're talking about a green environment where we're saving the environment, then, Hey, let's go with it. I haven't done any research on the 4XE myself personally. So forgive some of these questions that may be newbie questions, but so, um, from what I'm hearing from you, there is no, uh, like regenerative, uh, braking, uh, charging. There's no, uh, the engine, uh, does not charge uh, the battery or charge the, the, the power system for the uh, electric part of the, the vehicle when it's running. I mean, there's nothing that you have there that you can charge the, the batteries uh, while you're running on, uh, on uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the gas fuel. Uh, you have to charge it. You have to plug it into someplace and charge it. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, it'll charge just a little bit as you come to a stop and I've only watched and see it's got a percentage gauge on it that you can watch on how much battery you got left. And the times I've, I've watched it, I may have raised it 1%. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's not a big, big deal whenever you hit the brakes. Now, maybe somebody uh, in town that is in setting in a lot of traffic, maybe they're seeing different results than I am, but you know, the information I put out is what I had. That was my information that worked with my vehicle. So it doesn't sound like if, and like you said, unless you're in a city where things are very close to you, it's not a, a viable thing to have, unless there's some benefit that I'm missing. Uh, I would assume that it does increase the, the fuel economy if you use the first you know, 20 miles or the last 20 miles of your trip and you're not using uh, gasoline. That certainly uh, would help your, uh, your fuel, uh, liquid fuel, the gasoline uh, MPG. Yeah, I mean, right now I am averaging, and I've just got about uh, 1,300 miles on it. But right now I'm averaging about 33 miles, what you'd call mile to the gallon. And if you can get it to where you can do short distances and be able to plug it back in and then go again, and when you run out of that 22-mile, if you're back to a charging point, I have got it up to 43 mile, but... Then whenever it's running on gas, it's, I'm getting about 23 miles a gallon. So the average between the two of them is hanging right around 33. But we have not done any any major road trip with it at all. Uh, have you noticed the vehicle feeling more heavy? Or um, you said it gets up and goes, but I'm wondering about turning. and Because uh, the batteries have to weigh, put, put some weight in, on that vehicle. And I'm wondering if it just feels significantly different than... Uh, driving uh like your other jeep that is inter internal combustion only 
I tell you, it is, it is designed really smooth as far as you have to be watching the gauges to be able to tell whenever you have run out of electricity and the gas motor kicks on. Oh, that's nice. Um, it's that smooth. Now, here's my kind of question, too, is that, that I've asked my dealership, and they haven't sold enough of them to really know yet, but do I change the oil on it at 3,000 miles, 5,000 miles? Um and, and I had a guy that has a Pacifica, and he said that, of course, you know, whenever the percentage gauge, gauge comes up on how much percentage you have left on an oil change, he said he got up to 18,000 miles before his percentage gauge kicked in that he needed an oil change. Interesting. So it, it is kind of interesting from the standpoint, I don't like having two systems because either one can give you a problem. Uh, but it is kind of interesting from the standpoint that if we were to get in a severe uh, fuel shortage crisis, you would still be able to to, to travel, if not uh, very far. You may have to come up with another way of of, of charging something. But you literally could uh, you could either go electric or uh, gas. Have you have you uh, considered uh, moving any maybe moving in closer someplace so that you could actually use the electric? <laughs> no, you know, since we re- retired, why like, people's like, so are you guys going to move to Florida and and uh, <laughs> buy a house there? And I'm like. You know what? Through the last year and a half of COVID, I'm living in the perfect spot out in the country. I mean, it's just been a deal where we can do our own thing and and we don't have to worry about the noise and or any of these other problems that comes with living in town. We really like where we live at. We we really kind of feel like we're living in God's country where we live at. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, so, and I think you may have mentioned this kind of already, but what would be the uh, mileage that you would need to feel comfortable about running electric or just being able to run electric uh, all the time? Well, it's not so much uh, the mileage uh, per, per gallon, that type of thing, as much as it is distance. That's what I'm talking uh, about is, is the distance. Okay, okay yeah. If it, if it got 150 miles, yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Um, I did a couple TikToks that I made fun of it um, to where I had my son – on an exercise bike on a trailer and was going to put him on the back of this. And I had a cord running up plugged into the <laughs> truck and that, that we was going to generate enough electricity and he was going to ride on the bike on the back to uh, get us going down the road. Cause we've got a trip to go to Nebraska at the end of the month. And I, so that's the only way I think we can get there. <laughs> you know, and I would tell people go, go in and look at some of my TikToks I've done on Cause I've made some fun of it. And, and, uh, and that's whenever I got the phone call from my local local dealership saying uh we we've got some people in our building that's watched your tiktoks and i'm like yeah you probably have that's that's a bit of irreverent uh, humor there you know i know he's an adult but that's some child abuse right there <laughs> yeah all right yeah well i tell you what he enjoys that just as much as anybody oh, I know. if we do one of those he gets to giggle so hard we have to stop because he gets to giggle we can't finish him Oh, that's hilarious. So, uh, and this is kind of what I, what I mentioned earlier is the power density. And, and this is the reason why I say this technology is not ready yet. It does sound like from what you're describing, Jeep has done a really good job of engineering it. They just need a different power source or batteries that have a higher density so that you can, uh, wow, probably uh, quintuple the, uh, uh, the amount of range that you need to, to get uh, where it would be viable for you. So, if I'm picking up correctly, the only reason you bought this Jeep, the 4XE, is that $7,500 credit. That's primarily the about 75%. I thought at some point, too, that, 
you know, we probably need it to, that it's coming. Um, you know, if, if at some point, because I, you know, whenever I made fun of these, I said, the weird part is whenever I plug this thing into the wall, I look to the west of me six miles and I see a coal fired power plant. And I look to the south of me 25 miles and I see another coal fired power plant. And I'm like, how are we saving the world by charging this thing off of coal fired <laughs> power plants? Yeah. And then we have a battery underneath the second row seat that is the same size as the seat itself. And what are we going to do with our landfills at some point when these things go out? And whenever I checked into a Chevy Volt a few years ago to replace that Chevy Volt battery, it had like an eight year warranty on it. It was $7,000 to replace that battery. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Well, it needs to be expensive as well. Did you ever consider a Tesla? Because uh, they have larger uh, range, primarily because they're more aerodynamic and I think way less. No, because I don't have a Tesla dealers, dealership close to me, but I wouldn't want to depend completely on electricity, not at this point. You know, what's crazy about this charge time is that we all go to the gas station now and complain because it takes 10 minutes to fill the gas, <laughs> uh, exactly. gas tank up, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. Uh, is the uh, the time it takes to charge so it's a it's an emerging technology and i think it's like uh, uh nuclear fusion the fusion reactors they've been working on it's about 20 20 years away <laughs> so i think that's the same thing with this electric stuff is it it's just it's hard to do electricity electric engines the whole nine yards it's a wonderful idea instant constant torque and uh it's uh fewer moving parts uh, etc. There's a lot of great things about it. It's just the power density and that's exactly the problem that you're having is you just don't have a charge that gets you far enough down the road. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it sounds like to me exactly what, uh, what I've been thinking of it and uh, I'm glad that I was able to confirm that with you. But it sounds like you're real happy with the Jeep on the whole. The engine, the internal combustion in, in, engine that's in it is great. You love the color uh, and, uh, and the best thing is you always have a hundred uh, percent uh, internal combustion engine uh, Jeep that you can uh, you can use uh, anytime you like. Do you guys do any off road with it? I guess driving around the farm would be considered off road. No, we. I tell you what, I don't. I don't do that off road stuff. I've got a son that lives in Denver, and he'd love to have my Jeep and and climb rocks and stuff with it. But no, I I always took the theory of I paid too much money for that. I'm not too sure I want to beat it up too bad. But yeah, and the crazy thing was. You know, they're telling us that we can't get any vehicles, and we ordered that. I I mean, it has my name on, on the window sticker. I ordered that on May 8th and got it on June 16th and got it in, in five weeks, which is crazy because if you go to try to, to buy a Ford uh, F-250, you can't get one made until next March. Wow, my goodness. Uh, I recently uh, got a, a 2021 Jeep Gladiator, and I experienced the same thing. I think that was back in uh, March, uh, whenever I, uh, I placed the order for that one, then they built it and got it to the dealership. So, uh, yeah, Jeep has done uh, really done very well. Uh, I had a buddy that uh, uh, ordered a, a Gladiator, a diesel Gladiator, which, by the way, that one gets him about 30, 33 miles to the gallon. So, uh, if, if it had a $7,500 uh, rebate on it, it probably would have been interesting to you just simply because of uh, the uh, the diesel aspect of it. Which sure. I'm sure you guys use diesel out there on the farm quite a bit or are used oh, to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of that either. Um, and, and, you know, the other strange thing is, too, uh, I've got a buddy. These are made in Toledo, 
and I got a buddy that's in manufacturing there, and uh, one of the first TikToks I put out, he called me, and he said, I'll tell you what I do know. He said, I do know that they have to have a separate assembly line for this hybrid vehicle, and that the government pays the 85% of all of the cost to the construction of that assembly line. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, uh, we're, uh, we're actually subsidizing your, uh, your electric vehicle. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's and, not, and, it's, I, and I'm also told, I don't know this one for sure, but I'm also being told that there's a possibility that for each one they put out, they get subsidized for the company. Yeah. Uh, so that that number I don't know though, so I can't I really can't no. say that and quote it and say I know 100 percent correct. On yeah, that. it makes sense uh, because uh, what well, the the limitations that we've spoke about here in this interview, it makes sense the reason why the government would want to try to push that because I think if it was just left up to uh, usefulness and elect, uh, uh, economics, uh, people just wouldn't buy them. Uh, and, uh, and if it wasn't for the 7,500, uh, it sounds like, the, like what we said earlier, this is something pro- that you may have gone a different direction on. So, yeah, because I mean, I've had people come at me and say, well, you should have done your homework better. Maybe you wouldn't have, have made the mistake of buying it. And, and then my come back to them is I got accomplished exactly what I wanted to accomplish, which was a $7,500 tax credit. Yeah, well, people are mean on social media, which is I'm assuming that's where where you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. I don't. And know. I, I can't complain because I've just had a few of those, and I don't. You know, my thing is most generally whenever you get one of those, you go look and you see that uh, they have uh, maybe three followers and no content, so I don't get too worked <laughs> up about those. I think I've I've actually mentioned to several people on TikTok so far that. Uh, you know, just ignore the negatives. There's there's a lot more positives than there are negatives, and I think the negatives just do that to get attention. So every time you uh, uh, you have that knee jerk reaction to somebody that's negative, they're just uh, they're getting off on it. So yeah. Mike, tell us about your social media. We've mentioned TikTok. I don't think we've mentioned how people can find you on it yet. Okay, um, I am under farming underscore tbi dad. And the TBI stands for Traumatic Brain Injury, Dad. Uh, or they can just type in Mike Burkhart and it'll pop up. Uh, they're more than welcome to go look. Uh, I've went in and, and my whole thing has been if I can help somebody just the same way with what we do with our foundation. If, if I can help somebody understand the way they're doing business is wrong or, you know, we've, we've had some connections with families that are struggling uh, that, you know, we try to help them through some counseling Uh, put them in connection with some counseling maybe somewhere that kind of helps them uh, get through some tough things going on in their lives. And and farming is a tough game because uh, you put all this money out there and there's no guarantee on what you're going to get back at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I mean, just a wonderful story. I mean, we started off just wanting to talk about the Jeep and found out about this whole other dimension uh, that uh, that you're going through in your life. And I guess that's true of so many people. Now, uh, I'm sorry, are you on any other social media platforms, YouTube, uh, Instagram? Uh, just Facebook, that's it. I okay. figure only one of them is all I can keep up with now. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we try to get on them all, everything except Pinterest. I refuse to get on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, I mean, we've done uh, a interview for a group out of uh, Ames, Iowa, called uh, Farm for Profit, uh, and it's a two-hour interview, and, and basically we went in and told our story there. And, um, you know, that was was a great experience for us. And it ended up that that group uh, put a fundraiser together. 
uh, and they raised $46,000 for our foundation. So it was an awesome experience. Oh, that is wonderful. Uh, can you mention the podcast again, please? It is Farm, small letters, Farm, F-A-R-M, the number four, Profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. Do you remember the episode number, or uh, is your name listed on that, that back, episode? It was back in March, I can tell you that. I That's a good question. You know, I never had that question asked before. I, I should go back and look that up. But Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. we'll, we'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in uh, listening to that, I think it was a YouTube uh, that you had sent me on that. We may be able to just embed that into the uh, the show notes and people can just uh, watch it directly from the site. So if, awesome. you, if Thank you're, you. Yeah, yeah. If you're interested in, in uh, listening to that uh, that interview that Mike was on, uh, we'll uh, we'll have that in the show notes for this episode, Mike. I can't thank you enough for being with us tonight, and uh, in such short notice. I mean, I, I'm sure, like we talked about, people are so mean on TikTok. I appreciate you uh, uh, being so open to you know my request for an interview and 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 being here so quickly because I think it was just uh, Saturday or Sunday that we interacted, uh, and here we are uh, on on Monday evening doing this uh, this interview. So thank you so much. Totally cool. We appreciate it, and uh, and what we'd like to do is if you somehow would want to do this we have uh three t-shirts we'd like to give away so if you however you want to draw that uh give those t-shirts away and send us uh an address and a size and we'll fire some t-shirts out to to three lucky people oh we'd love doing that and uh, how we handle giveaways is uh we uh, we let people call into our voicemail line and we uh we uh, have the the guest pick a number uh, in your case but i guess it would be three different numbers to coincide with the, the caller number that they are and then we ask them to come up with a phrase that pays. Uh, so the people that call in have to say that phrase exactly uh, before they can win the item, win the giveaway. So we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I mean, picking three numbers uh, should be good. And I would recommend uh, three numbers between one and ten. Okay. Um, um, number three, which is Travis's uh, birthday month. And then we will do... Um, Number one, and let's do number three twice. Can we do that? Um, no, nope. we can only have one third caller. <laughs> okay, so let's do uh, one, three, and seven. How's that? That sounds really good. Now, okay. is there is there some special saying or word that uh, that somebody could say so they could qualify for this? It doesn't have to be anything serious. It could be something silly, uh, you know, like uh, uh, use a bicycle to recharge your Jeep or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we start where insurance stops. Oh, I like that. We start where insurance stops. You must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. All right, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think you have to be caller 1, 3, or 7 to win one of these t-shirts and you need to say the phrase that pays. And, and Mike, what was that phrase that pays again? We start where insurance stops. We start where insurance stops. Now, remember, you got to say that exactly. And Mike, what's what's on the T-shirt? Uh, TBF, Travis Burkhart Foundation. Excellent. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't have your son on a bicycle behind the Jeep on the, the, on the shirt, because I think that would be a winner. <laughs> that would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. So, yeah, he... We, you know, we have fun with it. And, you know, the TikTok thing has just been a real positive experience for us. It really has. So we've never uh, experienced anything quite like this. So it's been quite the ride. 
Excellent. That is wonderful. Uh, and, and as soon as I figure out how to do it, we'll uh, we'll uh, stick the interview up, or at least uh, some uh, some sort of indicator about the uh, about the interview up on uh, TikTok that uh, you can uh, uh, look at and uh, shake your head and say, "Why the hell did I ever do that?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank you so much, and uh, good luck to you, your foundation, and your son. Thank you. Thank you very much, and we really appreciate this. This is uh, really cool to, to be able to do this. Well, big thanks again goes out to Mike Burkhart for taking the time to talk about his Jeep life and uh, and that 4XE and his experience with that. I don't know. My mind's still kind of on the fence. But, uh, of course, I want to thank Mike for the incredible things uh, that they're doing over there at the Travis Burkhart Foundation. Uh, really good stuff. Please go check out their website and see uh, how you can get involved. And, of course, if you have an idea for a guest or maybe you yourself work in the off-road industry, maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you yourself would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. We'd love to have you. Everybody's got a Jeep story. We want to hear yours. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. It could be you. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Tony, Josh, and Wendy, you know, I was trying really, really hard to be able to make it to the Texas event to meet you and Josh. That would have been so awesome. However, with the price of gas and all the events we have coming up, it's just not in the cards this time. But next time, I will make it my very best duty to come out and meet you guys. We have the Gambler 500 this weekend, which is the Colorado Gambler 500 here in the Valley. Then it's off to Overland Expo, and then possibly in a couple weeks, a group out of Arizona, a Jeep group out of Arizona is heading up to the Silverton area, and possibly I will be tackling Black Bear Pass. We'll see. Then it's off to Utah for the Jeep Badge of Honor Trail, Hole in the Rock. That's a great, great trail with lots of history about the Mormons heading west. And yesterday, the U.S. Forestry Department reached out to us to help them. There's this place here in Colorado, up in the mountains, called Soldier Stone. It's not very publicized. It's actually a secret. And it takes a 4x4 to reach the location high above a small town here in Colorado. Hidden high on a remote mountain peak is a humbling, mysterious Vietnam War Memorial. This mysterious memorial is devoted to the forgotten soldiers and civilians from Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, France, and other nations who secretly fought alongside of America during the war in Vietnam. This memorial is a 10-foot granite monolith inscribed with quotes in various languages. Also etched in large letters into the granite are the words valor, courage, and sacrifice by a triangular half wall of dry stacked stone and then beyond this wall are a number of small flat markers hidden amongst the grass and wildflowers. Some of these markers are engraved with sayings of the indigenous mountain people of Vietnam. And there's no mention of this on the U.S. Forestry Department page, nor are there any interpretive signs like you see when you enter the Forestry Department areas. Now this monolith sits just over 11,000 feet up in the mountains. And if you remember from my Engineer Pass episode, that's just at the tree line. And it's surrounded by amazing views of the nearby mountain ranges. It's accessed via small dirt roads and then a hike through some difficult terrain. It's a peaceful and serene experience as there aren't a whole lot of visitors. 
So the word is, the memorial was created by retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel and Vietnam vet Stuart Allen Beckley and a stonecutter he was working with. He devoted his final years of his life looking for the best place for this memorial. His dream was to have it high up in the Rockies, accessible to vets, but secret enough to shield it from vandals. He finally found the spot and received permission from the U.S. Forestry Service, and the memorial was completed in 1995. He died shortly after that and did not get to see the unveiling. But he did get to see his dream of honoring those who lost their lives in Southeast Asia. Like I said, the U.S. Forestry Department reached out to us at Colorado 4x4 to help with some transportation. There is a group of about 15 folks who are having a reunion of sorts. They're in their 70s and 80s. And they want to get up to see this memorial to celebrate and remember their fellow soldiers. These folks are the last survivors of the Battle of La Drang, which I'm told is kind of a big deal. So I looked it up. It was the first major battle between the U.S. and the People's Army of Vietnam. It took place November of 65. That's just shortly before I was born. The U.S. suffered an over 50% casualty rate before being extricated from this battle. Now both sides claim victory. So sometime close to your event in Texas, Tony, Neil and myself and some volunteers we gather up will hopefully be transporting Vietnam vets to this mysterious monolith high up in the Rocky Mountains. Next week on Jeep Life with Jeep Mama, I'm going to share with you an important life lesson I've learned on this journey the past couple of years. Well, how does Tammy's Jeep Life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.contact to find out how. It's very easy to sign up for our newsletter, folks. If you want to get involved with the Jeep Talk Show or find out what's going on behind the scenes or what we have coming up in future episodes, possibly a giveaway, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And you're going to find a link to click and sign up for our newsletter. And uh, don't worry, it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to think about calling in and leaving us a message one of these days. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast.